0: Leadership is a primary extension of God's first commission for humanity to rule in His image. Because the world had different ideas about how to lead, Jesus came to model what kingdom leadership looks like. So join me, Julie LeFever, and my team of rotating co-hosts as we seek to encourage and equip kingdom leadership on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome, everybody, to the Kingdom Leadership Podcast. This is Julie LeFevre, and I'm so excited to welcome my co-host, my co-worker, and my friend, Chuck Edwards, to the podcast today. Chuck, welcome.
1: Hey, Julie. It's so good to be here, finally. Um, I have been—oh, uh, I've listened now to Jimmy and, um, ah. and you and and the preview and just, uh, just really excited about what God— um, is going to do through us during this new podcast season and this new podcast, um, titled Kingdom Leadership. Um, I've been telling my group, you know, just about all of these various exciting things that for me are really, uh, just feel invigorating around Westridge right now. And yeah. so, um, one of them of course has been the podcast and I, I look forward to, um, you know, just working with you guys over the year, um in this setting so fun so a lot of you may not know but julie and i um you know we've been casting pots together for a while we have and so (laughs) um it's it's just really sweet for me to to be sitting here with you again and um looking forward to seeing how um god continues to shape us through this you know relationship at westridge
0: yeah well, we are excited to be able to be gathering and entering into our second episode of Kingdom Leadership. And again, just kind of the format that we're going to follow is really based on our group values here at Westridge. Uh, we want to start with, or we we recognize that our growth, our leadership really is an extension of experiencing God's grace. And so we're going to take time every podcast to remember and reflect on ways that we have experienced grace that week. And then that will set the stage for our primary conversation, which today is going to be about leading those who are struggling with anxiety. And then we'll wrap up our conversation with some ideas about how to become like Jesus so that we can lead like Jesus. So let's start with experiencing grace.
1: Yes. Well, I, I kind of want to define it just a little, and yeah. it, and I, I think it's interesting. You can go online and search it, and you know, grace versus mercy, or grace and forgiveness, and there's just all these opinions. It's on, a big word, right? right? It means a what lot it of things, means yeah. and 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 how to use it, and what's appropriate and not. And so, you know, is it the grace, grace, God's grace? Um, you know, from the song we all know, mm. um, the the salvation, that saving grace. Is it uh, Dallas Willard's definition, you know, God's acting in my life to accomplish what I cannot do by a direct effort? Mm. Is it something we can only experience from God? That's a conversation I've had with people. Or is Mm -hmm. it something that we experience from one another um, in interpersonal relationships? I think it's both. What about you?
0: Yeah, you know, God's grace has been one of those things that's been so elusive to me growing up. It has been hard for me. I It's kind of like I knew about it in my head. I had the head knowledge, but it was so hard to move that head knowledge down into my Mm -hmm. heart or my experience knowledge because I, I thought that it was just something that came straight from God. And yet God's word tells us that he created his people to be stewards of his grace, to be uh, direct representatives, um, to be ambassadors of his grace. And so I agree. I think it's one of those things that it initiates, it starts with God, and then he invites us to be a part of communicating that to one another. And when I was able to start experiencing those experiences with people, those experiences helped me to better understand and experience God's grace.
1: It's taken. I'm finally a believer for longer than I've been a Mm non-believer in my life at 41. Isn't that sweet? And I, I, I lived, I struggled the first 10 years of my salvation, of mm. my relationship with Christ, because obviously it was His grace that led me to receive him yeah. as my savior. Yeah. Um, I was in need, could not provide, right? For right. myself. And yet, every day after that one event, I questioned.
0: Yeah. Is um, it real?
1: Is it real? And, and I, I wasn't honest with people because I just could not fully believe, even though I had been shown complete grace, I couldn't fully believe it because it's not what past relationships had proven to me. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, and it's not what my inner harsh critic mm-hmm. was telling, telling me. You, it was yeah. saying, no, you're not worthy of grace. And so... It's just this, it's it's had to happen in relationship over and over and over in order for me to receive it fully from God through others.
0: Yeah. Well, this week, just one example that I was thinking about is had to do with uh, my relationship with my husband, Chris. We've mm-hmm. been married for 24 years. Crazy to me. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Um, but man, we had one of the hardest weekends that we've had in a long, long time, and we just kept misunderstanding each other, and then it, we would try and kind of move toward each other and, and reconcile and resolve it, and it just kept happening over and over again. And I think the the result was that we just both felt empty and hurt. But at one point, I just remember Chris. He was said he set his hurt aside, and he just. It's almost like he just decided, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to uh, give her grace and I'm going to communicate to her that I am still with her. I'm still for her. And it was in that moment that then it led me to be able to do the same thing. So I'm just so grateful For him, it's probably why we're still married yeah, after 24 uh, years.
1: I, I don't think there's a reason we hold the marriage workshop now. You just did it all. Well, well, that's, uh, that's it, folks. That's it. Just lean into that and you will stay happily married.
0: <laughs> well <laughs> but
1: unfortunately, yeah. it's not the case um, often and it is, a, it is a struggle and it takes effort and it so takes, effort. you know, to the point where we're, we have no more effort and still we're like, I can't do this, God, you have to do it through me. Yeah. And, um, you know, Sasha and I have had one of the hardest 16 years together. <laughs> We've been married for 16 years and there's constant misunderstandings because we're so different. Right. Which is also what, what I find beautiful is that we complement one another in yeah. those differences. But it makes communication hard because it makes grace hard. Yeah. And so, you know, seriously, we experienced it recently. This, this is kind of a new leading mm-hmm. season for us and leading a couples group. Yeah. Shout out to Edwards couples group. Mm-hmm. Um, our LITs, Adam and Janae, they're, they're fantastic. And we, um, you know, we are living out this example of what it looks like to um, be struggling in the uh giving of grace to one another because it happens every time we lead together where it's like, okay, I need to show her grace right now or I'm having a hard time showing her grace or and they're seeing it, you know, yeah. it's just real. And so the struggle is real, but it is the goal because it's what leads us to 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 transformation, yeah. you know, to being fully loved, fully accepted, fully known, fully loved.
0: Yeah. You know, it's just so good to remember back the ways that we have experienced grace because it really does kind of lead us into our topic today. Uh, Today, we want to have a conversation about how to lead people when they are experiencing anxiety. You know, the reality or the statistics show us that over 40 million adults ages 18 and older struggle with anxiety. So that's nearly one in five people. And these statistics come pre COVID. Yeah. And all the things that I've read over the past couple of days show that those numbers are skyrocketing. And so it just, um, I want to even just let people know that the reason that I felt so strongly about talking about this today is because I'm one of those yeah. that just recently has started experiencing symptoms of anxiety. And man, it is. It is game changing, and it's something that I'm I'm seeing in my own life, and then I'm seeing in the people around me. And so, we just want to be able to yeah to address that today.
1: That's so good. You know, anxiety is rooted in these worries, concerns, uh, fear of the unknown. It, it it shows up in all these different ways, and what makes it most why mm-hmm. I love we're talking about it yeah. is because I've never personally wrestled with it. Yeah. It's not been something I've experienced. At times I've gone is this anxiety? No. Is this depression? No. Um but what so it, so it makes it difficult for me to feel like the person I'm sitting across from who's struggling with anxiety isn't just stuck. Mm-hmm. Like they feel stuck to me and I want to fix it. Yeah. And so that's what naturally comes out of me is this I want to help you get away from what you're feeling because it looks hard. And so um, you know, we all know those people. We're all leading them, or we're walking through life with them, or it is or it us. is us, yeah, and that is the reason that I think this is an important conversation to have,
0: yeah. And, you know, before we get too far, let's go ahead and take a second and just define it. How, you know, what is anxiety for those who uh, don't struggle with it, or for those who aren't sure <laughs> that they struggle? Yeah. what what is anxiety?
1: So once again, um, this is, here's my clauses. I've never had it, so mm-hmm. I, this is this is a non non experiential definition here. Mm-hmm. Um, but
0: and you've worked with many but people I have, who have yeah experienced it.
1: Yeah, I've read a lot about it, and yeah. I've thought a lot about it, and I've sat with people in it. And anxiety, you know, simple definition that I like that I connect with is anxiety is the feeling that we aren't adequate um, to the task of coping with the world around us. That's kind of a general mm. definition. So no wonder 2020 and all the divisiveness and the unknown of COVID. More and more of us, our our friends, our loved ones, our family members, we're all experiencing it. And you know, I've had more and more people come to me and ask for help with it. Who said I've never had anxiety issues before, but I think that's what this is.
0: Yeah, I was one of them several weeks ago. Yeah. I said, Oh my goodness, what is happening? And I, I agree. I think it's it's one of those things that is unsettling. It's it's um, it's frustrating because you can't control it. You can't just stop it. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much that goes along with it. So today, this is our goal to just talk about it. And you know, we just want to tell you up front that we are we are only going to scratch the surface mm-hmm. of this because it's such a complicated issue. Um, but. Today we're going to be talking more about just general anxiety, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, generalized anxiety disorder is what you would find in like the diagnostic manual. There's a there's several different kinds of phobias or anxiety disorders and we're going to talk about general just kind of unsure where it comes from. It's a worry about anything out of your control, which is really what COVID has, you know, is brought yeah. it's brought this it's lifted the veil of control <laughs> and it's made us all go, "Oh no." I don't I have insecure. control and that doesn't feel good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, symptoms so so specific anxiety disorder is something that, you know, you might have come across in 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 a relationship at some point, but that's not what we're talking about today. So, which which I like because several of you may not have generalized anxiety disorder like diagnosable, mm-hmm. but you connect with worry and fear and lack of control. And yeah. so, if we use those words In tandem today, you know, just show us a little grace because we're we're trying to speak to many different people, right? Um,
0: Big issues,
1: yeah. So symptoms uh, can of of anxiety they really vary, but some of the common symptoms that I think most people have, have noted that they experience there's physical symptoms, emotional or cognitive, and then some other effects: fatigue, physically, restlessness. Um, and that looks like difficulty sleeping or just restlessness throughout the day, increased muscle aches or soreness, like real physical um, pain, difficulty breathing, they're tired, blood pressure high, um, emotional symptoms. Uh, Often, you know, there's these cycles of worry. It's just kind of this, I get stuck in the worry about the things that I can't control, this excessive uh, general anxiety or worry that I can't even tell you where it comes from. It just comes on in Mm -hmm. a wave, um, in a moment, and it impairs, this is the way I've seen it impair a lot of people, their concentration or their ability to problem solve or just go throughout their day accomplishing tasks the way they're typically used to.
0: Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that I've been so frustrated with because things that used to be super simple for me now takes so much longer when my anxiety symptoms are so high. So for me, it's felt like some of those things, uh, it feels like I have adrenaline pumping through my body for the whole day. So, you know, we've all had adrenaline rushes where we get scared or something happens, but for me, that's been for days at a time. And so that means that my muscles are super tight because I'm kind of on high alert And then, because I'm using all of my emotional and mental energy to try and calm my body down, it's hard. I don't have a lot left over for doing all of those things, for concentrating on whatever tasks I'm trying to do. So I see how those things, you know, one thing affects the other. And it really is kind of all consuming.
1: And what does it lead to? Shame. Yes. Feelings of shame because it's like, what's wrong with me?
0: Mm -hmm. I have totally felt that because I've thought, what have I not done enough of that I've let myself get to this point where I'm not doing something enough? And so then, yeah, you start to criticize Mm -hmm. kind of yourself and think, oh, this is. Uh, I think that's one of the first things I told you is that man, I see why people feel shame about this and don't want to talk about it because it kind of feels like an external marker of some internal failure.
1: Right. Dysfunction deficit. Yep.
0: Yeah. I mean, even when you're explaining it, it's like disorder. Like, oh I
1: know. Chaos. (laughs) That's
0: such a shame (laughs) word. Can we not call it disorder? We're only going to call it anxiety from yeah. here on out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So the reality is that we are living in a time and space where this is happening more and more. For some of us, it is just beginning. But for some of you, you've been living with this for years. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about what kingdom leadership is means when we are trying to address anxiety or depression.
1: Yeah. You know, I just, before we get there, I, I just realized it makes me, it breaks my heart to realize that there's people in our congregation who've probably never talked about it. Mm. Their struggle with it Yeah, because they're so ashamed of it and because they've never been in a a relationship where real grace and acceptance kingdom leadership mm. material hasn't been shown to them mm. and i just that breaks my heart so that is why we're leaning into this it is there are many kingdom minded coping strategies and tools i think that we can offer our groups i think we're going to post some of those in the show notes so you should be able to find those there i've got a lot of other resources please you know connect with me i'll say that again later i think but the we can If you want to really practical thoughts, though, on kingdom leadership, it it all comes down to how do we accept them. It's it's vital. We talk about we talk about this uh, training and willing and transformation, um, but we we preface all of that with the grace that must lead out in order for us to become willing. Right? It has to be let out, and so it's vital, Julie, that we lead out in complete acceptance of where they are. And this is this is the that's what therapists and psychologists, that is how what they would tell you has to happen right. when you're engaging with someone in a relationship who has anxiety.
0: Well, and many of you know, I love the example of the tree just when we're talking about growth and transformation because it gives us the picture that to change anything above ground, you have to dig around in the dirt and in the root system to really change yeah. it. And so really that's what you're talking about is that we're going to, we need to address the biggest issue first, yeah. first things first. And really being able to communicate acceptance is going to deal with the shame part because shame, you know, Dave's been talking about it, um, on Sunday mornings, it makes us want to hide it. And yeah. And you said, you know, there are some people who have never talked about it with yeah. somebody, and to f- be experiencing the symptoms of anxiety and then the shame of that, and then to not have people to not to have to isolate and hide. Um, I think it would make it worse.
1: Yeah, bottom line, if you can't trust me, if you don't believe I'm for you, yeah, then you're never going to receive the tools. The, the truth part mm. is just not going to come across to you. You're going to refuse it. And what a loss. <laughs> just because I was so prideful or selfish or, you know, I, I mean, that's I'm taking it to an extreme, but, right. but it's those kinds of things that lead me to go, oh, I have the answers for you. I, every day when mm. I sit with someone in my office, one of the mantras, one of the things I think about beforehand is always they know themselves better than i do mm. and i do that because it helps me to to go i'm not the professional in the room really mm. in this person right. they're the professional on them yeah and i'm just here hopefully to be a conduit for the holy spirit to lead them to a place where they're willing to be transformed so
0: mm. that's good yeah okay so we so this is the starting point to be able to start with communicating acceptance how do we do that what are some ways that we can get better. Because I think so many times we have good intentions, but I'm not sure we're all great at doing it effectively.
1: Yes. If you find yourself meeting or communicating regularly with someone who's struggling with anxiety or has this lack of control over a situation, um, which is regularly right now, um, you know, there's a few things um, that they, they just, you have to lead out in, you have to lead out in. And I know we want to get to the other stuff, but acceptance, we've talked about it, that simple connection without judgment, like that lays the foundation for some, some other things to happen. So you know we've we've all seen the Brené Brown video about getting in the well. Well, that's attunement. So mm-hmm. now acceptance becomes something more. It becomes me responding to them in their experience and like being in the experience with them, putting myself in their shoes, thinking about what it feels like. And um, some
0: I'll, some ways to do that, or to even just reflect back. I, I remember yeah. hearing this simple. Um, Instruction that if you can identify what emotion they're feeling, and then to verbalize that back to them and to be able to say, it looks like you're feeling
1: I even say, wow, I bet that feels Mm. this. Yeah. And... The light, the even just in that one statement, if it connects with them, and sometimes it doesn't, and you go, right. okay, I was miss. So what does it feel, you know? And you ask a few more questions, but you're not trying to fix them. You're just helping to. Un, you're trying to understand where they are, what reality feels like for them in this moment where they're overwhelmed or they're feeling yeah. overwhelmed. Um, And and
0: that's helpful for them because then they feel, I know for me, then I feel heard. I feel understood. Yeah. That does make me feel accepted.
1: If we can sit with someone in their anxiety and not try to fix where they are, Mm -hmm. then they're empowered to recognize that they can also accept those feelings and emotions that they're having without being overcome by them. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not too big for me to sit in. This isn't overwhelming. I'm not going to die. Right. Some people, I mean, the anxiety feels like death is about to happen. They can begin to surrender the feelings and emotions that they're having. And I think surrender and acceptance, so it's like in Mm. our acceptance of them, they're able to accept and surrender to the things they're feeling without the need to fix.
0: That's so good because really probably what we're doing deep down is we're just trying to avoid all those negative feelings. And so being able to accept them, Not like we want to always stay there, but being able to accept them and work helps us to work through them, not just try and stuff it away.
1: Every time I interact with you and I'm vulnerable in some way with something I'm feeling, you do an amazing job of validating what I'm feeling. Tell Mm -hmm. me a little bit about what that is like for you as a leader.
0: Well, I just think so many times, you know, there have been so many times over the past months where you know i've had some kind of a struggle and then especially this last month where i have felt anxiety and i'm i'm just thinking what is wrong with me and i just think when i go to my friends or my safe people what i've recognized i need the most is for them to say i understand like i'm going to and i'm going to validate what you're feeling and experiencing Even if it doesn't make sense to you, because on the inside, I think I'm judging that I shouldn't be feeling this way, but it's helpful to me when my safe people can help me to understand that this is what it is and that's okay.
1: Because the opposite of validation tells you it does need to change right? and you aren't okay and you have to fix it. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it just makes so much sense to me that when it comes to this thing of anxiety, that really th- there is no solution. So it's not yeah. a certain, um, there's not a, an equation. And so allowing them to feel validated in their experience is just not minimized or diminished is so important in that path to acceptance of what's going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then I think another thing that has been so helpful for me is, and it's been helpful for my friends when I've been able to even ask for this. Mm -hmm. So if you're the one experiencing this, you know, take responsibility for asking what you need. But the thing that's been helpful is when I just say, I just need to vent without filters. Can I just yeah. say it all without managing yeah. my words, without anything? And I'm not asking for permission to stay broken, right. but I am asking for permission to say what needs to heal. And it's just been really helpful. And then, and for them to be able to, to receive that. And, you know, the official word for that is containment. So mm-hmm. you just kind of picture this container that's going to hold or catch all of those words and emotions yeah. and feelings. Um, and then they're not going to necessarily react. They're, they're not going to have a negative response to me that it's just, okay, yep, there it is.
1: And, and sometimes it's, yeah, I feel that too. Exactly. Often when I'm sitting with someone who needs to be angry, and I know it, mm-hmm. and we know it. I mean, right. <laughs> we all know it. I will often say, I'm I'm really, I'm feeling angry for you right now. Like, are yeah. you feeling, like, I'll just put it out there and say, are you feeling this? And sometimes they'll go, they'll minimize it themselves and diminish it because it feels too uh, mm, real. Too big or too, too big. bad. Yeah, yeah, too overwhelming. And so, man, I'll just lead in. And I want to say, you know one of the ways that i think you can can help contain or lead people into that space where they're able to express what they really need to express vent mm. um, sometimes the holy spirit will show me a really clear picture of something i've experienced mm. that i can either you know identify with this personal story right next to theirs and share that with them real briefly or at least go oh yeah i've i know what you're feeling because i felt it in this moment in, in my life situation. and um And so you got to be aware because it can become about us. And right. right, We don't want that. Um, Are you sharing for them or for you? That's a question I always ask myself before I share something Mm. like, was this for them or is this for me? But but I think that it really provides the support that they need to go, okay, yeah, I'm feeling this and I'm sick of it and I'm angry and I, you know, I can cry the tears and I can hit the pillow.
0: You know, it's what King David did in the Psalms, right? This is the first part of almost every psalm is he's lamenting, he's venting yeah. to God, he's expressing all of the negative emotions that he's yeah. been feeling. Yeah, I think it's really important to point out that we are not saying that it is okay to vent and sin in your anger. Right. We don't want that for people because that's not growth and transformation. But we do believe that we have to recognize and accept the broken things before we can fix them. It's kind of a way of revealing what needs to heal. And sometimes you have to have space to express like King David expressed in order to get to the other side where healing happens.
1: Yes. So so how how do we evaluate what they're willing to hear mm. right i'm i'm still learning uh, i every day learning even was reminded yesterday in a meeting f- with a close friend who just said i if you've got to say something questions are always better than statements mm. you know i mean and so for me it's just like i've got to i've got to think about how how can i assess where they're willing and where they're not
0: yeah And I think one of the safest questions to ask is, What do you need? Now, we don't need to, we don't want to start out with that question. You know, this is again, after we have tried to connect with them, tried to experience or uh, establish acceptance, Mm -hmm. then what do you need?
1: And sometimes it's not even, you don't ask that question the same day.
0: Exactly. You guys,
1: we we have to be better. I have to be better at sitting with a broken group member in their broken mess and loving them and accepting them and doing all those things, praying with them, grieving with them, whatever, letting them go and stay there for a little while if they have to.
0: Right. This month, when I've had times where I've just needed to lament, um, it's been you know, yeah, the next day, the next week that my friends come back and say, what do you need to hear? What do you need? Or what, yeah. you know, and we're, that's been helpful. We're
1: in such a hurry, yeah. both <laughs> with ourselves and with others. <laughs> we're in such a hurry to ourselves. be fixed. You know, it's like, I've just got to, my quiet times have to get better. I have to do all these things. And I think God and time don't work the way that we, yeah. he's he's so much more merciful than like on a on, a time, on clock, a time clock, right?
0: That's so true. And
1: so if we're becoming like Jesus, then we're going to be able to sit with them in that mm-hmm. space at the well as long as they need us to.
0: Yeah, that's good. So I think one of the hardest parts of walking with somebody who's dealing with anxiety is especially the the hard part is that if it's somebody especially close to you. Yeah. so. I know for Chris, it's been hard to walk with me through this because he, you know, sees the pain that it's caused and he feels a little bit helpless in the process. And so uh, how do, how do people walk with somebody? How, is there any advice for, you know, group leaders who are walking with their group members that they dearly love or a really good friend or a spouse?
1: Yeah. 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 I always begin. Okay. no, I wish I always began. Yeah. <laughs> I should always begin. And and I know this sounds maybe Christianese even, but just li- literally putting them, opening my hands, putting that person I'm about to spend time with before God in His presence, and saying they're Yours. And I, so I'm I'm kind of humanizing them in a way, and and or mm. spiritualizing them in a way, and recognizing that okay, if I believe God delights in me and cares for me in all these ways. Then I should feel the same way about this person, and that means that their worth is is worth not rushing to fix them.
0: Mm-hmm. Their
1: value, and and that that idea that I can fully they are fully known and fully loved by God, um, helps me to move into a place where I. It's it's about him and them, and I'm just a conduit. I'm just a, yeah, um, I'm, it's a steward, gift yeah. for me to just sit with them in that and be present with them. And you know the the other thing that just really I have to do, and I have to do it every day regularly, is recognize my own junk mm. is real. I look at my, I retell my story all the time, and I'm constantly trying to say, oh, I know what that feels like, mm. because it helps me stay um, less judgmental. It really does.
0: You know, you're leading us into our second group value and that's becoming like Jesus. And really that's what has to happen in order to do the things that you're talking about because it is so easy to sit here, you know, at a table and say, yeah, I want to, you know, offer people to God and I want to kind of hold them in that space. But then when you're walking with them day in and day out, it is hard because it requires a lot of us. And so it just reminds me of just the, the principle that we have to fill up in order to pour out. And so we've got to be filling up with uh, Jesus becoming more like him because, and I think we're going to say this on every single podcast because it's just, it's not complex, but it's so difficult to do that our, Our output is dependent on our input. We can only pour out what we've filled up with.
1: Yeah, you're talking about intentional kingdom leadership, right? It doesn't happen without that intentional filling up, that taking in, that time.
0: You know, Um, one one specific just application of that is that you know when Chris was, uh, Chris and I have been we're walking this road and it's new for us and he didn't want to expose me to a bunch of people. So he was just trying to do it on his own. Yeah. And I finally told him, I said, you go to group, you tell your group that I am struggling with anxiety. Don't talk about me though. Talk about you and yeah. what you need to be able to walk with me because, um, yeah, just recognizing that we all need each other. That I think one of the big challenges of this past year has been the isolation that has come as a result of COVID and the the mandates to social distance. And I, I, I'm not arguing the necessity of that, but just the consequence yeah. is that we have pulled back from relationships that are life-giving and those relationships that are meant to be a part of helping us to fill up.
1: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. The things that we've discussed today, they, they must be done intentionally. Yeah. Right. And so that was Chris was stepping into like this intentional and regular pursuit of filling up, and in order that he might be able to just be with you in your stuff and have enough of of that acceptance and grace and validation, all those things we talked about. And so it, it's intentional leadership. It's not accidental. Mm-hmm. In order for us to combat to combat anxiety and fear and depression and these emotional issues, these hardships and in inst- and instill in their place, identity, self-worth, purpose, hope, right? We have to actively see ourselves and others for who they are and what they may be facing below the surface, both mentally and emotionally, you know, and that happens in our groups. Our groups must be a safe place for our church to struggle, one free of judgment or harm so that they can easily express themselves and it's so hard for us. I I just, we're broken. And so it makes it that process hard, but our relationships, they have to be provide a place that delivers comfort and peace, right? All I've ever wanted for myself is to be seen, loved, valued, and known for who I am, not accepted like in that validates my brokenness, but also accepted in a way that validates my brokenness. So I guess both and in a way. I'm used to thinking, um, I used to think things like this. I grew up thinking I'm not special and therefore when I, and I don't have worth. And so therefore after accepting Christ, I still write those stories. I'm not special, I don't have worth. And that's not humble to think, um, it's not humble. That's not what that is, it's self-deprecating. When I consider God's love for me, when I consider that, how can I deny my worth in his eyes, Mm -hmm. right? And we want to be kingdom-minded leaders who point our church members to the one who truly can lead them to peace, their prince of peace.
0: There is just so much more we could say on this topic. And, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast. Maybe we'll do a follow-up and uh, just kind of continue the conversation but we just want to leave you with the truth that's found in Isaiah 26:3 3, that you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. This isn't a pat answer. This isn't a quick fix. But if we can commit to the process of training our minds to fill up with the truth and grace and love and all the things that Jesus offers us— then we will become more like Him. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. We really hope you will join us again next time. May His kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven.
1: This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.